If you think your cost of living is going up, it's not your imagination because uh, our wallets are essentially shrinking. And a lot of that, or one of the main causes, would be energy costs are increasing like never before. And we've seen gas steadily increase. Thanks, of course, in part to inflation. Um, but I think it's like a buck thirty-ish for the regular gas. And according to the experts, price increases are going to go up and up like we have never seen before. And I know environmentalists get very excited about this, but you shouldn't because it's not going to push people out of the cars. It's just going to make everything we have in life go up, including, I don't know, like groceries, the deliveries, the products you buy, like the TV set you want. Everyone will start to have to continually pay more. And eventually, it's going to get to the point where you're going to have to pay overhead costs for people to come to your house and do things, because they're not going to pay for the gas forever. So I wanted to turn to somebody who knows all things gas. It is Dan McTagg, longtime, of course, member of parliament, senior petroleum analyst now with GasBuddy.com. Hello there, sir. Hi, Alex. How are you? This is the kind of thing you warn people. Your whole living is about making sure people people are on top of, of gas prices. And you say you've been warned. Yeah. it's uh, It's been a couple of comfortable years here since 2015. We've seen crude drop. We've seen gasoline prices moderate, sometimes below a dollar, sometimes above a dollar, but never really at more than a buck twenty-five. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, you know, things are about to change. Our world has uh, has suddenly rediscovered that oil is valuable. And more importantly, even if we think that uh, we're doing our best here to conserve and do all sorts of wonderful things, uh, the rest of the world is starting to catch up. And they're using a lot more oil, a lot more fossil fuels. And that's not just to drive. Mm-hmm. They're using it for things like, uh, uh, you know, uh, to build a better standard of living. Everything from their petrochemical industries, the pharmaceutical industries, uh, Fossil fuels is not simply about uh, gasoline. It's it's a lot more than that. And we've seen oil uh, move up 19 bucks a barrel in one year. So that's really starting to bite, as is the uh, weakness in the Canadian dollar, which again slumped a penny today. Mm -hmm. Uh, Everyone sort of uh, really doesn't think much of that. But when you consider that our loonies weakness, in other words, compared to the U.S. dollar, where we price all of our commodities, if we're not at par, uh, that's one thing. But the, standing at 127, 128 pennies to buy a U.S. dollar, you're, you're adding another 14 cents a liter to the uh, to the cost of uh, driving, and probably a lot more for other commodities, agricultural, uh, minerals. Take your pick. It's uh, it's pervasive right across the board. Yeah, and I think when people uh, most notice it, not just when they go to the pump. So you drive up to the pump, you go, "Geez, I, it used to be 99, and then it was a dollar ten, and now it's like a buck thirty." That's one cost where people really start to feel it. And I'm talking everyday people, whether it's the bus driver filling it up or the truck driver hauling goods. But you start to see it, you know, when you go buy your produce. Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, farmers have to pass on the costs. Producers refining products uh, for, for, for food and for pretty much everything else. There's a, there's a component uh, and a rather dramatic one uh, in almost anything that we do that involves energy. And, mm. uh, you know, clean or otherwise, it's very expensive. This is uh, diesel in particular has been very, very uh, dear to us this year, only because it, too, is in high demand. Uh, not every refinery can produce a lot of diesel. And, of course, the longer the winter has gone on, uh, up until today, really, uh, you can look at diesel futures to remain pretty, pretty darn expensive. What we're not using here, by the way, it can be easily exported by ship anywhere in the world. Yeah, that's true. But look, we, we can't even get it moving in our own country. 
You know, I mean, th- this is such a lost opportunity, and I'll I'll go here because I, I, I think it's an important conversation. I mean, we have in this country the ability to say so long Venezuela, so long Saudi Arabia, take your unethical, dirty, uh, you know, bad human right oil and get it out of my country because we have enough in this country that we could take care of ourselves with very ethical oil um, in the sense that we take care of it, we clean up after ourselves and we replenish what we um, take out and scourge from Alberta, but we could take care of ourselves, do it in such a good fashion while we slowly over time wean ourselves to a newer economy, which will take probably, you know, 75 years. Yeah, or whatever the time period, I think it has to be done gradually. I think the market has to bring us to that extent. You can't have this forced upon people. Uh, otherwise, you wind up with something you really don't want. Um, the green energy plan here in Ontario would be a very good example. Uh, it's okay to be trendy and want to, you know, uh, uh, you know, be concerned about the sky falling and all sorts of other wonderful things. But if you're going to destroy the ability for people to make ends meet in the process, make it wholly unaffordable and uneconomical for us to manage your economy, then you go into a different space where I think you begin to lose the public's faith and uh, and uh, belief in what this is really about. At the end of the day, though, I think we have to recognize what our winners are. We talk a lot about losers and the things we don't like, but a lot of people tend to navel gaze and perhaps uh, take for granted that the oil industry in Canada uh, is probably the single biggest reason why we've seen economic prosperity over the past decade or so, bar none. Uh, better jobs, better revenues, uh, the kind of things that pay for social programs, that pay for uh, you know governments to be able to spend on uh, you know on key uh, and important uh, objectives. Uh, but when you take your oil, which is your number one export, and you deliberately allow people to block pipelines and create uncertainty yeah. about the investment climate in this country, that is, to me, a recipe for economic vandalism. And those engaging in it uh, under the ruse of, uh, oh, we're trying to keep the climate clean, you know, uh, uh, clean and we're trying to do better things for the next generation are actually undermining our currency. They're undermining our country. They're undermining our future. And that, to me, is unacceptable if they're going to block pipelines mm-hmm. uh, take matters in their own hands and by all means uh, they should face the consequences yeah but it's not even sincere because the handful of people doing this are making a lot of money uh, certainly from foreign interests uh, to block our interests they make a lot of money off it and I have to laugh because you know the very people that are fighting it uh, who take their cell phones to these things which are made out of derivatives of, of oil um, yeah. whether it's the boots they wear the raincoats they wear the signs that they make with the paint on it which is by the way all made out of oil I mean they're not sincere in the, in their efforts in in, in removing uh, this from our market, let's let's understand the economics of heavy oil. Um, just the day before yesterday, Goldman uh, not Goldman Sachs, but uh, Morgan Stanley, mm-hmm. one of the big investment banks, uh, came out with a rather solid piece on how they see the U.S. shale revolution. The Americans don't seem to have a problem with building pipelines. They started to get a little bit under the last days of Obama with the. North uh, Dakota Access Pipeline, when you had these people standing up, and Trump came in, of course, he said, go ahead, protest, I'll have you all arrested, and they moved on. Um, But what you're looking at is the U.S. uh, refiners, who've spent a lot of money in in improving their refineries, uh, want heavier oil. They don't want the light, tight stuff that is being produced by shale. It's also the reason why Americans are exporting a lot more of their oil than ever before. It's not just because they can. It's because there's a lot of refineries that can't use that product. What they're asking for is, is Canadian heavy oil. And if Canada can't supply it, then unfortunately, yeah. 
we have to rely on Mexico or worse, Venezuela, to bring in that heavy oil. Uh, this is a lost opportunity for Canada. And not to mention, we are then rewarding Venezuela, whose leadership is starving its people together. And when, you, when you've got a population that has to go to the zoo and eat animals, which is actually a true story, yeah, and exactly. these people are being absolutely... Uh, treated terribly by the government. And we're essentially saying, here, here's some money, take that, because we don't allow it to move. It's so political in this country. And you talk about this, I should remind people, you're a liberal, you get it. Um, so this doesn't even have to be a political war uh, and an ideological one. It just has, we have to be smarter about it. But for the everyday people who don't get the cost of this, what are we looking for um, now in the next few months because of the unrest in the oil market? As far as pricing. Uh, yeah, it's likely you're going to see another $10 increase in the price of oil, uh, which will bring us to prices here in the GTA a lot closer to $1.40, $1.42. And that will hit all-time highs. The all-time high was about $1.46. And back. when will that? Because we always get more expensive in the summer. But when yeah. will we start to see the... the Alex, we see heavy driving in Canada, the United States, after the May 2-4 weekend, yeah. Memorial Day weekend. And it usually happens only for a couple of days. You might see it. My guess would be the second week of June. It'll drop after that, uh, then spike up again sometime the first or second week of August, and then ironically perhaps stay a little higher into September, um, especially if we have weird weather or mm. some kind of geopolitical incident. But what's critical isn't just uh, you know what the Americans want in terms of yeah. you know light oil versus heavy oil, which we have here in Canada, and they don't. The other factor is U.S. demand. Last week, the... Um, Energy Information Agency of the Department of Energy of the U.S. Uh, pointed out that uh, Americans broke the all-time record for demand for gasoline last week, more so than they do in the summer, more so than any time in the past. So that, to me, is a strong signal. Uh, the American economy is on fire. Yeah. It is, is going gangbusters, and Americans who have seen the $0.35 cent a gallon increase or about a $0.10 cent a litre increase, far less than us, uh, don't mind. They've absorbed the cost. This is fantastic. They're all working again. And um, the demand picture is uh, on an upward curve, which means get ready for a five to seven cent a liter increase from what you're paying today. Fun. Dan, thank you. My pleasure. Don't forget, we're up at one penny on Sunday uh, at uh, to 136.9. That's a figure we haven't paid at the pump since June of 2014. There you go. And of course, uh, Dan uh, is with GasBuddy.com. So if you want to check out the prices before you fill up, that's where you do it. Dan, thanks so much. We'll have you again. My pleasure. Have a great weekend. Bye, Alex. Dan McTagg joining us tonight, of course, with GasBuddy.com. You're on point. I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.